What's up everyone? If you're listening to this, that means that I have successfully made it to episode 3 of the Bacon on Everything podcast. First off, I'd like to say thank you for all you guys' support, for listening to all the episodes up until this point, and hopefully it doesn't stop here. This episode is very special because one, I have my first guest on today, whose name is Brady, and uh, it's my roommate, it's one of my good friends, and also, if this posts successfully, you guys can also watch me on YouTube now. So if that's true, please go to my Instagram. I'll probably promote it there. Um, the video will probably drop either Monday or Tuesday. I'm still trying to work out some kinks. But Monday or Tuesday, look for the video. Go comment on the video. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Like, share it. Send me some comments about what you want me to do in the future, what kind of episodes you're looking for. And then that way, we can both have a back-to-back banter and conversation about this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Again, thank you guys so much for all your support, and hopefully you like this episode. Thanks, bye. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the third episode of the Bacon on Everything podcast. I'm your host, Blaine Costas, and to hear him today, I'm here with my roommate, Brady, and friend, Brady. Uh, Brady, how's it going? It's going well, man. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked to, uh, to be on the third episode. Nice. So we actually were just recording this. So if it sounds like we're using some scripted material, it's probably true. But um, so we were talking about uh, being in isolation and being on like the Corona quarantine. Mm -hmm. And uh, you were saying how you've been able to handle it pretty well so far. Yeah. You've made like a prison gym in our basement that I always make fun of you for. Because I mean, I, I don't know, man, like I miss the gym so much. But I tell you all the time, like. There's something about going to the gym that makes, like, in my head, that's the situation. Yeah. So when it's, like, at home, I'm like, ah, I can't get motivated. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's definitely a little bit harder to get a good workout in from home. Like, because when you're at the gym, it's like, like, you're, you're, I know what you mean. You're in the zone. You're ready to go. You're there to work. Whereas, like, here at home, you're, you're sometimes, you're, it's your home. You're here to chill. You're here to live. You're here to do some other stuff. So I know what you mean. Dude, I've been home for... I think three weeks now yeah. go back to work on monday but for the last three weeks like the common joke is that i haven't put on like big boy pants in like three weeks so like getting up in the morning doing my work and then being like all right let me go put on another pair of sweatpants to work out in it's kind of like weird to <laughs> me or, or like hey let's take some pre-workout to go into the basement and just hit a couple of i don't know dumbbells but i think I'm probably gonna break this week. Like after work, I'm just gonna be like, screw it. Gotta work out. Gotta get my heartbeat pumping. I think I think after you do it once, you'll realize that you can still get a half decent workout in in the basement prison gym. We've <laughs> <laughs> got we've got like a pull up pull up bar. We've got uh, some sit ups, sit up bench, whatever that's called. We got 25s, 30s, 65s. And a bunch of uh, a bunch of bands, and so you'd be surprised. You actually do pretty good with uh, with some of that stuff. You definitely have to teach me. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. Um, so if you aren't aware, in the last episode when I was talking about like mental health and anxiety and stuff like that, I mentioned you and like going to the gym with you and how that like helps out a lot because like, and I think I've told you like how you have the words of affirmation or. At least that's what it is in the gym where you're constantly like, man, good job. Like, keep going. Like, you're killing it. And, like, yeah. to me, that's, like, fuck, that's gold. It's, like, yeah. that's the easiest way for me to just be, like, super happy to just hear somebody constantly be, like, oh, by the way, like, you're doing a great job. Keep doing it. Like, you're killing it. And I'm just, like, geez. So I think that's what I miss. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the fun part about going to the gym, man. Like, 
Like, I, I usually go on my own, but like, I enjoyed going with you because one, for someone who hasn't gone to the gym that much, you picked it up like super quick. Oh, thank you, thank you. I'm not even just saying that. Like, Blaine's <laughs> See what I mean? was great. Like, yeah, here we go. This yeah. is it. <laughs> but yeah, like, your form was great. Like, you had the intensity that was there. I don't know if that was the Anno Explode mixed in there too, but you definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> that pre workout yeah, always works. Had the, uh, you, had the, you had the drive for it. I could tell you wanted it, man. And like, it, it's always an adjustment going from not going to the gym to going to the gym because you're you're changing a lot of, of habits. Like, I don't know, what do they say? Like, habits are hard to break or whatever yeah. but so you make you're making new habits essentially i think it's like what three weeks to form a habit but yeah. six to break it or something like oh, that, is that what it is? i think something like that at least that's what they told me when i quit smoking um how many weeks have you been going to the gym you're pretty pretty like steady there man for yeah at least six weeks yeah and then before that i was going to like planet fitness yeah which was which was good like i was getting a burn but i wasn't getting anything like with going to the gym with you because like you go to planet fitness you walk a couple free weights and then you go on the machines and then you get out of there because yeah. there's nothing really to do and there's like yeah i get that there's courses and training that you can take but at the end of the day like i don't want to finish work to go sit in there with some dude telling me all right so you're gonna want to curl in this position and if you do it like mm-hmm. it doesn't translate well yeah. at least for me in the gym um but then like going with you like you being like oh this is what i do this is how i and then even there were some days when i would go before you and rather than use workouts that i did at planet fitness i would use workouts that you've taught me because it's like i felt the burn better in that case than when i was at planet fitness so i mean it's it's good and all and i guarantee i'll end up probably probably by tuesday i'll be in that prison yard gym for sure dude join me anytime man like go on your own if you'd like obviously the stuff is wide open to use but i'm happy to be down there with you too man it'd be fun for sure for sure so uh with work like have they said anything about you guys going back anytime soon or are you guys holding down for the long haul so yeah so i work at i'm a lawyer at walmart um and they they're actually really good with the communication like they're super open with it like uh i mean i'm only speaking for walmart because like i that's where i work so i'm not sure if other businesses are as transparent as they are but um we get like a a few times a week at least we get like a covid update and so as of now like the 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 last update we got was that we'll be working from home until at least may 8th okay today's the fifth so that's at least another uh at least another month of uh of at home stuff Uh, so do you feel like you're like are you motivated in like uh like do you feel like you're accomplishing as much as much work as you would at the office as you are at home so there was definitely an adjustment period so um I think I said to you once in the kitchen and maybe to Scott, I was like, it feels like I'm on vacation. <laughs> Cause like, like and it makes you realize like waking up in the morning, you know, like wake up at the same time, have your shower in the same amount of time, get ready in the same amount of time, be out the door at the same time. Yeah. Make sure to grab the gym stuff, make sure to grab your lunch, make sure to get in the car, like what's traffic gonna be like, like all those things, like they're so automatic that like I wasn't even really thinking about them anymore. But yeah. now that they're not, a part of my life I'm kind of just like oh like so now life is a lot easier so all that to say like I think it, that's why it felt like I was on vacation but back to your point about like motivation and stuff like um it was it was an adjustment and now like I still have the same deliverables like I still have to meet deadlines and stuff like that but I think I've adjusted it took me maybe 10 days to get there but I'm happy to do it now too and the great thing too is like I have every day we have a, a, a 9 a.m. meeting. I get up, I have that. 
work for a couple hours, I can go outside, like watch the car, yeah. go for a drive, hang Dude, out with you guys. Like it's, it's pretty sure. awesome. Yeah. So good. like that's my thing is like working from home for me is pretty easy. Um I mean it's the same amount of work, there's no real difference. It's just like for me at work when I'm dealing with like the stress of being at work, mm-hmm. that occupies most of my day. So like for example, if I'm at work and I feel like I dropped the ball on something or if I feel like, oh, I didn't do this right or I didn't do that right, being in the office makes it hard to like stop, take a breath and be like, okay, no, you didn't mess up. Or even if you did, like, this is how you can backtrack, like make it really simple. But at home, it's like, oh, if I forgot to send a report or if I sent a report to, I don't know, at the wrong time or whatever the case may be, it's like easier to take that break and like walk away from your desk and take two minutes to just go outside or breathe in the fresh air or play with peach for like two minutes and then just be like hey cool back to work um that's a good point actually it's funny because for me like my biggest concern with most things is motivation so like a funny stupid story was when i used to work at walmart um I had to do this, I don't know how much I'm, I'm probably allowed to divulge a lot. I freaking don't work there anymore, so it's, <laughs> it's gonna happen. Uh, but yeah, so I, we had to do like this AM, like assistant manager interview. And essentially what it was, was you had like, it was like 10 store managers and 10 people from HR and you sit at a desk with two of them and they ask you a number of questions and then you move on to the next station. It's just like five stations of dealing with whatever. So there was one store manager that I really wanted to talk to because I had never worked with him before, but I heard that he used to be like a district manager and then now he's a store manager. So in Walmart, that's like a step down. So like for me, I mean, I literally got ripped about this question every single day after by every single person at Walmart. And I just asked him straight up. I was like, hey, man, like, I know that I have issues with motivation and like doing stuff. And and when you hit like a fork in the road, what do you do? And so I was asking him, like, you obviously used to be a district manager and now you're a store manager. So however you got demoted, you did like there there may have been problems like with restructuring or there was problems with your district in general or the company was moving in a different area whatever happened happened and now you've been demoted how did you deal with the motivation of that like how do you wake up every day and continue to do what you do knowing that at some point somebody up there said that you weren't right and so like that's always been like something for me so working from home at first i was super like oh crap like I'm going to drop the ball for sure. Yeah. And recently I've just figured out like you just got to take it in stride and like do something. It's unorthodox. Like everything that we're doing now is unorthodox. Like yeah. the world's not operating in the same way. So you kind of just have to adjust to it. But for sure, you got to take things like go to the gym. I think we're going to have to revisit. Uh, what did the Walmart guy say? Oh, he's so at first he was like, like he looked at the HR and was like, the, like because like, can I answer that or should I well everybody that? that I've talked to about it afterwards like other store managers and whatever they're like there's no way you said that and I was like no like I needed to know and they were like dude like that question can come off as being an asshole like you're attacking him or whatever but luckily I explained it to him after and I was like look like I have a problem with motivation mm-hmm. that's something that I know about myself like I'm aware enough to say like I don't have an easy time being motivated by people on the outside or even myself and so me asking him that question was me trying to find out a way to future proof my career 
yeah. to be like I if, question, yeah exactly and uh, some people did some people didn't and it's fine whatever i asked and i got my answer and he essentially was just like dude like that's deep and like after i explained it to him at first he was like kind of standoffish but then after i explained it he was like oh it's a pretty deep question um like i just like he always said if he wasn't working for walmart he wouldn't be working like wow. he would work for a janitor at walmart if he needed to if he needed to he would be an associate he'd be whatever as long as it was for walmart because for him it was like raw raw walmart or nothing mm. and i get that i don't work for walmart anymore but i understand that at the time it's like you get encompassed in this world um but yeah like his answer was pretty good and i was glad that i asked that question can you tell us what he said or no that's, that's what he said. Oh, but like why he got demoted? Oh, no, he never told me. Oh, okay. Yeah, he didn't straight up tell me. I'm assuming it was like a restructuring thing. Like, yeah, Walmart used to restructure like crazy. Uh, like, just a couple DMs that we knew, like, knew at the time. District loss prevention managers, whatever. Like, now they're co-managers and store Like, Walmart's so... They're always pivoting and having to pivot because they have so much competition. And, yeah. and like, they're their departments in their store like i don't know electronics electronics has to on itself compete with a whole nother company like eb games or back in the day like blockbuster and rogers and whatever would compete with a full department stores one department so they it's insane and like the way that they do everything like i've read a couple of books on walmart and it's insane like when you look down to like the way that they even structure their stores in like position wise like where is their dairy department where is their foods and their fashion and whatever yeah all of that is insane like walmart is crazy when it comes to i guess it's logistics i don't know very little of that stuff is a coincidence the way all that stuff's laid out Yeah, yeah it's cool well, that's cool, man. It's interesting. I think, um, I mean, for the people who said that that wasn't a good question to ask, I can definitely see where they're coming from in that, like, oh, that's a private question. Yeah. Like, no one's really thinking that they would ask that. But I think the way you posed it, it probably wasn't as egregious as people think it was. Like, if you said to him, like, if you were coming from, like, this subjective stance of being like, hey, like, this is my, something that I'm working on. Like, this is my, this is my what I'm working on, my motivation thing. And yeah. you went to him from that position, I think it would be hard for anyone to not want to answer your question after that. So I think that was, that was good, man. Yeah, no, I, I mean- you definitely I, wouldn't attack him and be like, oh, dude, tell me what happened. Yeah. Why, why did you lose your job? <laughs> yeah, you bet, what happened, you idiot? <laughs> your job? Like, no. Um, and well, the thing was, is like at the time, like working at Walmart and still to like today, like I was, like I was pretty young for what I was doing um there were a couple people like in the same situation as me that were like same age or some even younger but like a lot of people in and maybe i'm being a little bit cocky or whatever but a lot of people in my situation either were young and just thought that it was always going to be that way so like if they got this job they would always have this job and they didn't have to work any harder or, or work any less or whatever yeah. because they're always going to have this or there were also a lot of people in my situation that were older than me and they've dealt with all this crap already so for me like i took it as a situation to say okay there are some people in my career right now that are anywhere from i don't know at the time i think it was like 22 or whatever but from the age of 22 
to 70 years old. Like there's so many people in this career. There's so many people in this career that I can learn from. So why am I not? Yeah. And at the same time, there's a lot of people in this career that I essentially had to beat out if I wanted to continue to make it any further. So I thought the only way to do that would to be working on myself, if that makes any sense. That's good. So me asking him that question was kind of like, hey, I'm looking for a way to continue this no matter what. Like if I hit a fork in the road or I make the wrong decision or there's a little bit of a setback, I knew that I at the time was not able to deal with that. So I needed to ask him like, how did you deal with it? Like. That's good. Yeah. I don't see a problem with that at all. Man. For sure. And but this is me explaining to you in long form. Yeah. And you know what? Exactly. That's yeah. what I was just thinking. Because so, the, the other people who heard that you asked that question would have had no idea where you were coming from. And they probably thought like, oh, Blaine was asking just out, outright. Like, how come you yeah, lost your job? Some man? sort of asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. And then you're literally coming from a position of wanting like self-betterment like yeah to like learn information so that like you didn't really care about what happened to him like in the sense of you know what i mean like yeah, you yeah. wanted to better yourself so yeah it wasn't like yeah. hey dude like how'd you get fired what what made you get fired like no, no, no. it was just like how do you like speaking to somebody who's younger and yeah. who's looking at you in a mentorship how do you continue kind of deal yeah um I think that's good, man. In my experience, like I'm not that much older than you, but like in my like experience in the workforce, it's like, as long as you're asking, like, I think that question was totally on side. And like anytime, I, I think if you're showing initiative and you're the person who's asking questions and you're, you're not afraid to ask questions that other people might be afraid to. And as long as you're saying like, this is me, like I'm trying to better myself. I appreciate that you're more senior than me. Mm-hmm. I'm coming to you for guidance. Like, what can I do to better myself? Like, it would be, it would be hard to fault someone for doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, it definitely, like, and that question and answer in itself sort of shaped my trajectory yeah. for my career, where it was like, I feel like, and this is just me, like, looking hindsight and just making whatever, a joke about it. But if I didn't get that answer, if I didn't ask that question... I'm sure it would still like haunt me to this day for not asking for not asking yeah, like because go. in the grand scheme of things like the people in Walmart that I had contact with or the people that I could have talked to or worked with like all of them were successful in their own ways and forms but mm-hmm. they were at least on the outside constantly successful if that makes any sense like like my store manager didn't ever like slip up she didn't have like problems when she saw problems she fixed it and it was normally within the confines of the store but she never like got demoted or got fired or even had the conversation with their direct superior that like oh there's a chance that you may not make it to q1 of next year like that was never a thing and other store managers were in the same position because we worked in like such a a market where the deliverables and the expectations were almost the exact same like our store manager was great at what she did and she rah-rahed all her troops to like also be good at what they did which is why i was in the office with these people like that's why i was in that interview is because my store manager made us like that good that a 21 22 year old could sit in an office with like 40 and 30 year olds and explain why he deserves to be the next manager that's awesome for sure but at the same time, like, we didn't have the flip side of the coin to be like, oh, this person made a mistake. How did they bounce back? 
Like we were never able to ask that question because our superiors were so good. If that makes any sense. Gotta say though, man, like everybody, and you've obviously everyone's heard this, but everybody makes mistakes. Like how old are these people like in their forties? Well, some of them were 40, some of them were fifties. Like it was a whole, but go ahead, go ahead. So what I've learned is like, so I've been, I've been called to the bar. So I've been like formally a lawyer for two and a bit years now. Congrats. Thank you. Um, But what I've learned over that span is like, a career is like a marathon it's not a sprint and i think like i'm very much in the infant part of my career Mm -hmm. and so like a lot of it is you know like you learn from mistakes you learn from good mentorship you learn from doing you learn from experiencing like all of those together help form how you're going to be later on in your career yeah so i think like when uh when you see people who are like 40 and 50 and they may have like worked their way up from a certain position and now they're in that managerial position people make mistakes man and they're always going to make mistakes but i think the reason people look so polished at that age is because like they've been doing it for that long like hmm. for example like i worked in private practice on a at a bay street firm for a while and like i remember people being like hey like go do xyz and it would take me like five hours to do it and then you'd go and speak to one of the partners or one of the senior associates and they would be like yeah, like that would maybe take me 30, 45 minutes, including drafting the email and other yeah. correspondence. And I'd be like, holy shit, like how do they do it? Like they're so smart. But it's just like anything. Like it's like you spend time on it, you see it, you get experience on it, yeah. you know how to do it. So I think, um, so just, I guess the point on that was just like people, people make mistakes, but as you progress further in your career, like you become more and more polished. And then you have that perception of being polished and that you don't make mistakes, but everybody does. And they've made mistakes to get there. And, yeah. But it's uh, it's cool, man. It's 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 interesting because you dude, like you're younger than me, but we're both young. It's like we're still like we're at the beginning of, of our careers, man. Like we might be feeling like we're getting older. Yeah. I'm myself <laughs> I'm older, but I'm 29. But I think um, like we're still so young in that like like 10 years from now like we'll be more polished oh for sure and and that's the crazy thing like i think about it on a daily basis like how privileged i am for sure like to have a career at this point in my life Mm -hmm. like a lot of people maybe not right now in my age but a lot of people like two years ago when like i was what i don't know four years into a career either way when i was like established in a career that i had that was good enough to keep me for the rest of my life like i would have had a good career um like a lot of my peers or whatever people around my age wouldn't be and like i feel like i'm privileged to have a career but at the same time like i'm sure they feel privileged to have the experiences that they had so it's kind of like a give and take and like a catch-22 where yeah, I have like a good career and I'm good for the rest of my life and I can live with this career for the rest of my life. But sometimes I think like, oh, what if I took a year off and went to Bali or like took however long and did whatever I feel like, which some of my friends were able to do because they knew like, hey, for the next 10 to 15 years, I'm steadily working and that's it. Like some of my friends are becoming doctors and police officers and they're locked in with commitment for the next 10 years and it's like what do you like between that 10 years like you can't go and travel for a year like you can't take a year off when you're becoming a doctor because it's going to push you back so it's like give and take in different um different relationships 
with you, what your career is or what you see yourself becoming. Uh, I joke all the time about how like I'm gonna like I'm on track for like a midlife crisis eventually, like within the next two to three years. I'm just gonna be like ah. That was not at all midlife. <laughs> but like <laughs> quarter, quarter life maybe. Quarter life for sure. But like career wise, I just think to myself like oh, in I don't know three years maybe three or four years I'll be like in like a, a 10 year commitment to my career yeah that's awesome which is crazy like I I love it and I think it's probably the best thing I could have done but at the same time like a lot of people my age aren't 10 years into their career so it's like that's why I think to myself like oh when I turn 40 like when I turn 30 even like I'm gonna have some like let's go travel for two years and not work but that's just here and there right people do what they need to do yeah no i think i know what you're saying so like you've you've been like locked into your career not i don't i don't know if locked is the right word but i I think i know what you mean like i think maybe what you're getting at and correct me if i'm wrong is that some of your peers have like had this opportunity to do some things that because you've been in this career that that you haven't had that chance to experience those yet yeah yeah so like i think like there's two sides to that coin right like i think like they have had those experiences you've had your career they don't have their career yet um i mean i guess long story short is like there's nothing stopping you from from going out and experiencing life like yeah, you probably sure. won't be able to do like a year in bali yeah or like six months <laughs> in bali but i don't know if uh you know what man like i think i think cause you, were, you were talking about one thing there and it, it got my the wheels spinning in my head about because um, they kept reminding me about how like people are more polished. Like, dude, when are you going to be 10 years in, in your career? In a couple years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like three years? Yes, yeah, so before 30. You're going to have this yeah. much experience before 30. Yeah. That's super marketable, man. Yeah. Like, and just remember, like, you're never shoot, like, you're never cornering yourself in. I mean, I guess the more specialized you get in your career, the more you're cornering yourself into one segment of the market, or yeah. at least the market that you work in. But if you keep having, like, a breadth of experience, like, dude, in a year or two from now, you might be like, you know what? I like what I'm doing, but I'm going to branch off into this different part of what I'm doing. And yeah. And now you're experienced here, but then you're also experienced here. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah, I definitely have, like, a, like, I mean, if if nothing else, the one thing I do have is a wealth of time to, like, yeah, hone in my skills and, like, make myself marketable to others and, and even, like... I have the time to decide what I want to do for the rest of my life, but also the stability of having something that I could do for the rest of my life. The other thing too is like, I think people, you know, sometimes people ask like, what's your five year plan? What's your two year plan? Like, it's hard to even say what you're going to be doing next year. But like all, all you can, like, at least what I tell myself is like, I'm doing everything I can do to make sure that next year, the year after that, and five years from now, mm-hmm. I'm gonna at least be somewhere that's probably okay. Yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. Like the bar's higher than probably okay, but it's like, I'm working my ass off, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I can, going the extra mile, I know it sounds super cliche, but like, I do work hard, oh, like for whatever. Sure. But the point is, is like, you never know where you're gonna be in a couple years. You could have another year at the job you're at now. There could be another opportunity you apply for. Maybe that job doesn't start for three months and you're like, I'm bailing out. I'm going to Bali for two months. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. shit, nothing, oh, is, shit. nothing is set in stone. Like, uh, like for example, like I, my brother and I coached snowboarding in Japan, which led to me going to law school. Like, it's pretty crazy that way. Like, you never know. Please elaborate. <laughs> you just, I, the point is, like, you never know what's going to happen. And, like, yeah. I think when people get 
too worried about, not saying you're worried, but when they think too much about long-term stuff, obviously it's good to have goals set, but you just don't know what's going to happen, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, uh, so wait, actually go back. How yeah. did you, Japan to law school? So, yeah, so I'm a twin brother, Scott. So him and I um, coached snowboarding growing up. Another so, one of our roommates, by the way. Yeah, we live with Scott. <laughs> um, we coached snowboarding in Collingwood in Ontario. Um and well, we snowboarded our, since we were like six years old. Um, I remember like seeing snowboard instructors. I'm like, these guys get paid to snowboard. That's amazing. Parents were supportive of us getting our CASI designation, Canadian Association of Snowboard Instructors. Okay. Um, we started working at Blue Mountain. Then we worked at Craig Leith, which is a private club in Collingwood, uh, until we were about 21, finished at McMaster. And then... My dad was actually like, hey, I was on a job board. There's instructors wanted in Japan. Like, would you guys be interested? And we were like, yeah. My mom Dude. was like, no. <laughs> and then, uh, so Scott and I just like applied, like like one of those cold applications. Like, yeah, just fired sense. it off. Yeah. And then we had a Skype interview, both of us together. They're like, yeah, you got the job. Like, come to Japan, be here for December 8th. And we were like, holy shit. How long were you guys in Japan? Uh, that was the first time we were there for four months. Four okay. Four months. Um, coached snowboarding there. It was all so we don't speak Japanese. It was all Australians. Um, coached Aussies. Had to snowboard a few Japanese people, but they spoke English, which was cool. But met a bunch of Australians. Our coworkers there were Australian. They were like, come do a season in Australia. So, so their our summer is their winter. Okay. So they had snow during our summer. Yeah, so yeah. we did a season in Japan, which took us to March. Then in June we went to Australia to snowboard. And while I was in Australia, I was like looking around. I was like, really love it here. And there was a, a university called Bond University. So I ended up going there. Oh, sick. Uh, yeah. And then studied law there. But anyways, the point of all that was that I, I'd finished at McMaster and had no idea what I wanted to do. I had an environmental studies degree and was like, what do I do? With it? Yeah. Probably going to just be like go into real estate. Not that there's, I would have loved that. I think I would have really enjoyed it. Yeah, you but definitely would have succeeded. Hopefully. Yeah, maybe. But um <clears throat> And then, and then that, any point is, is that it, all of that changed. And then I ended up going to law school. Um, yeah. So it was cool. I'm pretty, pretty pumped on how all that worked out. Dude, that's pretty sick. Like yeah. being able to, and, and I think that's what I missed in a sense of like not going to university. Like I never had that middle ground experience, if that makes any sense. Like where you're stuck there thinking like, oh, because I, and I'm glad that I didn't have that experience because being the pessimist that I am and like the negative brain that I have, if I was in a situation where I didn't know what to do, mm. like I would be screwed, which is why I locked in at Walmart when I did at the age I did, I was like, okay, it's either this or it's nothing. But if I didn't, like my brain works in a way that I wouldn't have been able to be like, oh, the world is my oyster. It's always like the world is my prison essentially. But at the same time, like that's like that's a situation that I always am super envious of. But at the same time, like you made the best of it, and that's huge. But you also got like a pretty sick experience out of it, like going from Aus from Japan to Australia, and then living in Australia for I'm assuming like how long was long? Well, that was like two and a half years. Okay. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like I think I was super lucky because that's. I mean, like. Yeah, lucky in the sense that like snowboard instructing led to going to law school. Yeah, but it's not like one piece just fit into the other. Like it was like during the snowboard instructing, I like 
met a bunch of Australians and like made a point of like yeah you know you work your ass off for it yeah and then like they were like come to Australia and then I was in Australia and like had to do like the application process and like worked hard in McMaster to have good marks to get accepted into the law school all that stuff but I think it's cool because there's opportunity like when you want to look for it like if, if if you're willing to like be like hey like I'm in this situation what am I gonna do what do I want like how am I gonna get there like you can just be like you know, like you leverage relationships you have. Like, dude, if there's anything I can ever do for you, I'm happy to do it. Yeah, I know. And there's you fucking. Uh, so this is another thing that sorry to cut you off, yeah. but like, I've seen you in situations with other people, and it's literally like the, one of the most genuine things I've seen. And not to like get like man crush you or whatever, but you have this weird, not weird, but like sense that not a lot of other people have. Like, I don't have it where you look at a full situation and say like okay how do i one motivate somebody to do something or two how do i help them bridge the gap if i can in any way shape or form and that's something that like i don't have like for example there's people in my life life that i probably could have helped out with jobs or whatever but my brain goes into the sense of like okay one will they look at you weird for asking them if they need anything and two are you willing to jeopardize what you have for somebody else and as selfish and terrible as that may sound anxiety always kicks in to the point where it's like no don't do that because if they mess up or if you mess up then you're both screwed but you have this like sixth sense to say like okay let me motivate x person to do this and if i can slide in there at some point and help them like little small example going to the gym like me going to the gym i talked to you about like oh yeah like i i want to start going back to the gym i want to start getting in some good workouts and feel better about myself and you were like okay cool come to my gym we'll work out i can then like in your voice could say (laughs) okay i can insert myself here to help him achieve goals and help him get further down the line and that's like super admirable like that's something that people admire like i admire it because it's crazy yeah man well dude, i'm glad that's cool that's, <laughs> that's cool i mean i think uh well, dude, you're fucking one of my good buddies so like i'm i think for me it's like i'm happy to i'm happy when when i see like friends of mine succeed and like if i can do something that'll help help people like yeah. bring them up or like here's an opportunity that i know of like for instance another friend of uh friend of ours um like Walmart had an opportunity that came up so I was like extended it out to them and I think it's I think it's one of those things where I mean man I can see you doing that too you're a genuinely nice guy as well yeah but I'm nice but I also get like so weirdly anxious about shit like that oh really okay like for example if I was to I don't know I'm just gonna make up somebody say I knew a guy named Steve right and Steve was a I don't know warehouse manager at Loblaws and my like my office or my warehouse was hiring and they're like hey we're looking for a warehouse manager do you know anybody my brain goes to okay i can tell steve but if steve messes up or if i mess up in any way shape or form that falls back on him and me and then what do i do because i've worked so hard to get this and if this falls apart then i don't know where i go from there like it and then my brain just starts spiraling so i never ever get to the point where it's like oh i can solve x by putting y there like my brain doesn't work that way but at the same time like i'm the kind of guy who if i could give or do like i do with other people where it's like okay cool i can 
give somebody a hundred bucks and be like, hey, use this for gas and food and don't worry about it. Like, don't, you don't have to worry about paying me back. Like, because that to me doesn't have any repercussions if they mess anything up. Yeah. Like me giving somebody a hundred dollars to be like, here, just like live stress-free for the next two days, even if that's all that it lasts you, that doesn't have any repercussions on my life and nothing I do with any of my other money has a repercussion on their life. Yeah, no, I hear that. I think um, I think the main thing would be using the Steve example would be um, like I would I'm happy to help out friends mm-hmm. for sure and like say like like let's so I guess there's probably two ways of looking at this if Steve was a close buddy uh, actually maybe it's just one way we'll break it anyways if Steve <laughs> if Steve's a close friend um, like I'm gonna make the decision myself on whether or not I think he would be a good fit for that because like you say like the way he performs is going to come off yeah like it, either way it's going to look either good on you on how steve has worked out look or it bad. will look not so good on you if steve doesn't work out, yeah right? so that would be a decision i would make like i would have to make sure that that friend of mine is a good fit before before any um before recommending him but yeah i know what you mean though it is it's it's sort of a risk in that regard for sure but um anyways yeah cool um all right, let's quickly talk about what actually the topic was supposed to be for today. Okay. Uh, so Jason Bourne movies oh, yeah. versus The Matrix. Oh, shit, I didn't know that. Oh, wow, okay, all right. So, I don't have any chance to think about this, but right, I, can, so, I can do it on the spot, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'll vamp for a bit. So our, the background to this is over the last couple of days of us being in quarantine, mm-hmm. we've watched a couple of movies, we've, like just spend some time as roommates like all of us just chilling out in the lounge like watching whatever so at least over the last i don't know what i've been off for three weeks so over the last three weeks we've watched a decent amount of movies but when it goes to like series or comparable series i would say matrix and jason bourne mm-hmm. now with that being said we haven't finished the jason bourne series however I think we all have a semi-decent recollection of what Jason Bourne is enough to at least make a, a informed opinion. Mm. So, like, when it comes to Matrix, like, Neo, like, Morpheus, the... What is it called? The... Oh, what's the ship called again? Everkinezer? Yeah. <laughs> something, something like that, yeah. Some crazy garbage. Um, yeah. So that versus Jason Bourne. Where do you come down? Uh, see, dude. All right. I think as a bit of, uh, I'll be quick about this, but as a bit of background, we got about 20 minutes. Okay. I meant quick about like what I'm, okay. Good to know. But what I'm about to explain is like, uh, I'll start with this. I'm not a huge, at least I didn't think I was a big, uh, science, like how would you sci-fi sci-fi dude. And I actually would take a stance, a pretty firm stance against sci-fi. Like I was like easily the dude who's like, I'm not into that. (laughs) Like, fuck that stuff, dude. Like, that's not cool to me. And then we, I, then I'm also saying in the next breath, yeah, the matrix trilogy is sick. And then (laughs) we're in the middle of watching the matrix trilogy and Blaine's like, dude, this is super (laughs) sci-fi. Like you love this shit. And you, and then I I literally was sitting on the couch and I was like, Oh fuck, he's right. Like, uh, but yeah, point is, is that like, it's an interesting comparison like they're both trilogies which i think like means that there is like that common denominator that's there um so is the question like, which one i prefer or are we just discussing in, like sort of in general both like okay. i i think at the end you can wrap it up and okay. and explain what you prefer over the one or the other but back to your point about the whole sci-fi thing yeah. like 
like we were sitting there and i've never watched the matrix or at least not in not enough that i can remember mm-hmm. and like say like oh yeah i've watched all the matrix like for whatever reason and i'm probably gonna get killed for it and people are gonna talk shit but i've never watched the matrix and i was just like oh yeah like i've heard the good movies i've heard people enjoy them i just haven't gotten around to it and i'm also not in the like i didn't want to in a sense yeah, fair enough um but yeah then we watched them and like immediately i was like man these are these are awesome like when it comes to like action especially like we were making jokes about like at the time like at the time of like the matrix being released and how like ground shaking and gangbuster <laughs> that must have been for people like 20 years ago yeah. yeah exactly like that kind of stuff didn't and if it did exist it wasn't as polished or as like cohesive as the matrix um but it, but it is very like there are at least in the first two movies there's hints of sci-fi and then what it's the third there's three of them right yeah so the third movie is just like full-blown sci-fi like that is that is as far at, at least in my mind of what i think well, of sci-fi it was it was in the third movie that you said it was sci-fi yeah because right? all those things are coming in they're fighting them it is sci-fi right so i i think like where my stick up is about like if i'm if i'm speaking in my head about which one i enjoy more my whole stick up is like i get to the first point and i'm like hey main characters and i think neo and jason porn are like neck and neck when it comes to like cool badass like characters so so you don't have a winner there and then you have to go down to like supporting cast and i think that's where it starts breaking down for me well i so would you do you want me to give your opinion or want me to give go go, go go i think supporting cast you can't beat the matrix like other Absolutely. movies i mean in this comparison the born movies aren't going to beat the matrix because yeah. the matrix has the ultimate supporting cast dude like morpheus is the coolest fucking dude yeah trinity trinity is super badass chick yeah. like she's super cool well that's the thing it's like that's where the conversation then breaks down where it's like yeah they're not comparable but then you go deeper because okay you got the supporting cast and you have you have like nairobi is it nairobi that's who jada pinkett smith is so nairobi you have like the reoccurring people in the nebuchadnezzar who are like trinity and then like tank here and whoever like you have a solid cast as you care about these characters and when they start getting offed throughout the like movies you actually feel like oh crap like we lost a member of our team yeah which is kind of crazy for a movie to do that to you but then you go to the jason Bourne movies and you're like ah like the supporting cast isn't great you got like julia styles who's in all the movies and like her face just irks me not (laughs) not her face just something about her like being in the background and like not really being a character but she's always there Mm. it's just like weird to me but then you think about it and it's like okay but in the jason Bourne movies like that's the whole point like the point is, is that everybody in it is cannon fodder yeah like these his people, girlfriend like exactly yeah, like yeah. like she is the reason why he whatever like he murders x y and z like it's all for more background to be like this is why jason Bourne is who he is and this is why you care about him so although the supporting cast isn't great mm they definitely help with like universe building and tell you like okay so we have the first movie where he doesn't know who he is he meets up with this girl he needs her help uh they form a relationship over time they become something that's fine that leads you into the second movie but the people in the first movie are 
like your story is like Jason Bourne finally figures out that there's something amidst here that like went bad. So you get to the point where it's like, okay, he like you finished the first movie, that's it, that book is closed. But then you get to the second movie and it has like little strands from the first movie where it's like, okay, so the girl's still there, you still have this underarching like treadstone issue, and the universe building in the Bourne movies to me is more uh upper echelon than matrix yeah which i may be off base by saying now that i say it out loud but at the same time like am i i don't know it's actually interesting because i'm thinking i'm sitting here thinking like there actually is more like i've never thought to compare the movies before like like in the very very basic sense like they're both a trilogy i know there's a fourth born movie that came out and there's a fourth matrix in the works but like they are comparable first of all in that basic sense but and then the neo matt damon jason Bourne situation is you have the main protagonist but i think the matrix definitely is more there's more cohesion between the movies like there's matrix one two and three are like you're literally like finishing a book you're picking up exactly where you left off yeah whereas in the born movies like yes treadstone black briar like all that stuff you are it's a continuation of that but i think there's less cohesion in like the supporting cast okay it's, yeah i think there's more it's more the jason born movies well they're called that they're the born movies yeah. it's about him Whereas the Matrix is about the Matrix, like okay. the wider Matrix, so I think it's. Um, anyways, yeah, like it's in terms of. But what what's interesting to me now is like, it's it's cool to think about because you opened my eyes about how the Matrix is a sci-fi trilogy. Yeah. The Jason Bourne stuff, I would say, is more like. Oh, I don't know if this is the right terminology, but I think it's more vanilla in the sense that it's like, hey, like we got this main dude, he loves kicking ass. Like, yeah, something happened to him, he can't remember. Put him like, in a situation where he kicks ass. Yeah. Just, that's it. That's all this movie movies are about. But in the same sense, like they do that so well because hmm. essentially what could have happened was like you get the first movie and he like kills that guy. Spoilers for the first Jason Boy that came out in 2002. <laughs> so if you haven't watched it, like that's on you. But yeah. um he kills the guy and then it's just like all right cool so he killed the guy that should be the end of the story but somehow they continue like looping and looping and having the story continue which is awesome but yeah there's and i don't know what it is and maybe it's just me but i feel like everybody hates matt damon except for your dad i love matt damon yeah okay (laughs) you and your dad like uh so we were watching (laughs) one of the movies and he literally rides down another man like down the stairs and murders a guy. <laughs> so Brady takes a video and sends it to his dad, and his dad's just like, "My man, Matt." <laughs> <laughs> My man, Matt. Um, awesome. <laughs> but I don't know, like this, and I thought it was just me because like I wasn't able to watch Matt Damon. But like looking around, like listening to other people talk about Matt Damon, like there is something where people complain about him. Oh no way! And I don't know if it's like. And I, but that's the thing is it started happening I think after the Bourne movies oh no way like when he started doing more Mark Wahlberg type situations where he would do these like feel good movies and it's like dude you were the guy who just murdered 40 people in a warehouse <laughs> you can't do a feel good movie I don't feel good about you being in the same like stratosphere as me like yeah. that's not a feel good thing but um it's kind of like Keanu Reeves which is a movie that we need to we need to start now john wick john wick like i know we've all seen them but like i think seeing them in rapid succession one after the other and then 
comparing them to like the Matrix and Jason Bourne, like I would love to see that. And the Mission Impossible movies, I think we definitely need to. That's yeah, I, 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 I'm down for all that. But uh, I think the Mission Impossible movies, like, because this is because I've just watched John Wick, like I just watched the yeah. latest one. Um, but Mission Impossible, like the cool thing about those is like. Um, like they go back a long time. Like when did the first Mission Impossible come out? I want to say the nineties. I do want to say like nineties. But the other thing that I was talking about, I think yesterday I was talking to uh, Brett, my girlfriend's uh, sister's sister. I think that's who I was. Or maybe it was her 96. husband. Ninety six. Okay, yeah. But either way, so we were talking about like Mission Impossible and how like long standing of a franchise it is, and like they did something really strange where they future-proof themselves where it's like you can have a movie in 96 that continues until i think the last one was probably like what 2018 19 i want to say yeah recently and at no point do you like i haven't seen all of them but i've seen clips enough to see like okay so the technology all seems relevant to the time but it doesn't feel like you go from I don't know whatever the main Ethan Carter whatever his name is uh, Tom Cruise you don't go from like Tom Cruise fighting people with sticks to like sub-automatic machine guns yeah yeah like somehow they keep it over the span of almost 20 years and it's still like we should watch those yeah for sure absolutely I'm trying to watch those okay so we're gonna watch Mission Impossible there's one two three and then I think there's a more recent one yeah we should watch I feel like there's way more than three yeah, so I, I sorry, I remember definitely like I remember watching Mission Impossible three. Okay. Like a while. Ago. Yeah. Anyways, they're good movies. Yeah, I think there's like I'm not one, a two, huge three. Tom Cruise guy, but like I do like those movies. Yeah, I, I think the reason why we got into the conversation was because Top Gun is coming out. Oh yeah, like I'll watch that again too. So the new one got like pushed or whatever because of all the corona, like most movies are. But um, yeah, like I told them I never watched Top Gun either. Like that just. I, I think it was like a, a thing of the time, like it? no. I've only seen it like once, and it was a long time ago, so I maybe didn't appreciate it as much as I should have. But like, I didn't really love it either, man. All right, so I'm gonna ask you a quick question here, cause I'm gonna drop a hot take too. All right. Um, what are your hot take movies? Like a hot take movie opinion, sorry, is what I mean. Was that like? What so, mean? for example, like what movie do you not like, or what movie do you? you do like that other people are like like that's far left field this guy is out of his mind upset so for example i think one of mine is um like i think i've said this before but the lion king 2 yeah like i think the lion king 2 is better than the original lion king and like i get ripped all the time for it but i think that the soundtrack is better i think that the story isn't just a rehashing of hamlet like it's it's a deeper connection to a original like yeah lion king's an original story but it's hamlet like that story is based off of hamlet yeah. so it's like the first movie is all about a story that's already been told and the second one tells a new story with like a great freaking soundtrack you know what i mean but like if i say that out loud like i'm gonna get ripped for this on there like brit's gonna text me and be like oh. hey what the hell like i read you i watched your podcast and you talked about lion king too like that's gonna happen um like there's always those weird far like out opinions that just upset people well i think uh i mean remember we um we did some recording of a different podcast where we talked about our talk which will never air 
Parts of it, I think, should air. We can discuss <laughs> yeah. that another time. Um, but, like, dude, like, The Born Identity, like, I know to go back there, but that was at my number... I had it at number four, man. Ooh. I love that movie. The first one. The first one. The first one is a... They're all... I think they're all good. Yeah. The Born Identity is a... Oh, for sure. Stand alone, like, yeah. Man. Yeah, no, it is, for sure. Um, yeah. But in terms of, like, okay, this is... This is I love, dude. I love the movie Dumb and Dumber, man. Like, okay. it's it's like I'm not gonna go out there and be like it's the best movie because it's not. But it's like, in terms of like a movie that like I love, like I can sit down, and turn it on. I think it's freaking hilarious, dude. Like, not, like it's. Like, I know it's Jim Carrey, but like it's, it's a classic. It's a hilarious movie, man. Like I love that. Um, what else? Like something about like Jim Carrey. Like I know he was in like Sonic, which just came out, which is really weird to me, but. Tell me about like the the lack of Jim Carrey in our lives. Like that definitely takes a hold on some people. Like back in the day when he was doing like Ace Ventura and he was doing like Yes Man and Is It Liar Liar? Like yep, the, the mask. mask. Like he was just coming out with banger after banger after banger. Like the consistent comedy and maybe it's not Jim Carrey. Maybe I just mean like consistent comedy that's missing right now when it comes to like movies is so like. Like, there's a huge void where, like, we don't have those great movies that you can put in your top 10 list. I think, you know what? It's interesting. I mean, like, my mind after you mentioned that is I think guys like Will Ferrell, John C. Riley. Yeah. I think, like, those guys kind of picked up the torch, like Seth Rogen. For sure, for sure. But what I'm saying is, like, the consistency of Jim Carrey and people like him at his times, like, you could watch any Jim Carrey movie and come out and be like, that was really good. Like, or it was decent, but either way you were like, no, like it was a solid movie and I would watch it again. Yeah. And I, I think I could even pinpoint a time in which this all happened. And it was like the Borat movies. Like once the Borat movie came out and then it was like, what the diplomat or whatever, like once those strain of like, is it Ali G? Yeah, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Sure. Once that strain of his movies came out and were just, like, not good movies, like, across the board... That's one opinion. That, for, sure, for sure, that's an opinion. But I feel like that's when we started being, like, okay, like, we can watch, I don't know, three of the same movies from Kevin Hart that aren't gangbusters. And, like, he makes a whole bunch of money on them, and it's great, and I'm glad that he does it because, like... It opens up the door for his like production company and him getting other people noticed like tiffany haddish and people like that like they get a stage to stand on because of things that kevin Hart does but we get those movies that like they sell huge numbers but they're not great like even will ferrell has some like hit or miss movies oh, i just watched one the other day where he's he's uh, a detective Who's the detective? Oh, Sherlock Holmes oh, or whatever. Man, yeah. See? But it's like, you, like that wasn't a thing back then when like Jim Carrey was coming out with a movie every like six to seven months and they were just like banger after banger after banger. And maybe I'm looking back at it in hindsight is 2020, but like mm. it just seems like one of those situations where like now, like you have Will Ferrell, Step Brothers. Uh, I cannot put my thumb on anything better, like anything since that that has been as good as that oh, man. from him. Yeah, yeah. So, so before then, you had old school. Before then, yes. Anchorman. But, I mean, after. Yeah, yeah. Because Anchorman Two wasn't that great. Like it was oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't amazing. Yeah, no, it wasn't yeah. Amazing. Anchorman it was, was better. Uh, what did he have after? Uh, what's that one with Mark Wahlberg where they're the cops? The re- 
Other guys had some good moments. Yeah, I liked other guys. Uh, Talladega Nights, was that after? No, I think it was before, because I think it was like Talladega and Anchorman were like okay. one after the other. Uh, Spread my butt cheeks with yeah. some butt. Because, <laughs> yeah. dude, he, he, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, he definitely he definitely took a hit on on, it, on, on if his movies were good or not after that. But um, oh, I can't remember. I love Will Ferrell, though. I think he's pretty no, good. Exactly. I think he's so good, but then... Whether it's he's trying to build something for himself with a production company or whatever it is, like he did that movie with Kevin Hart, Get Hard, which is oh, yeah. awful. Like, oh, was it bad? I saw it in theaters awful. a long time ago. Yeah. That's like 10 years ago, right? Or 8 years ago, maybe. I don't remember how long it was ago. Maybe, no, maybe like 6, 5 or 6 years ago. Get um, Hard is that what it was called? Yeah, Get Hard, it was like... I'm scared to Google this, man. Get <laughs> on my work phone. Here yeah, go. no, go go incognito. Get, oh, too late. Uh, no way, 2015. Yeah, I mean, 5 years ago, 5, 6 years ago. Yeah, there was some funny parts in that movie. For sure, there were funny parts. Yeah. But it's like, would you ever sit down and watch that movie again? Like, no, like I forgot about it until you told me. <laughs> dude, I literally went like months of watching Step Brothers, like months of watching Step Brothers, like day after day after day after day, because it's so good. It's hilarious. It's, it's so one of the good. Best movies, man. And you can like recite it line for line. There's so many different moments of that movie. Like oh, yeah. even other guys has those moments like that are recitable with the sharks and everything, but it's still not his like upper echelon of stuff. Blades of Glory, Daddy's Home, A Night at the Roxbury, okay, so that's good yeah. shit. Yeah. But Night at the Roxbury was after SNL, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So it was probably early. It was probably Semi-pro, before. Semi-pro, remember that? Is that the basketball one? Yeah. <laughs> when he does, like, the granny shot? I like that. That one was good. Yeah, Holmes and Watson, that wasn't good. Sorry, Will. <laughs> uh, I think Will will forgive you. Yeah. But, like, even, like, like, to me, like, there was something, like, there was a dip in, like, these... A-list actors being better in their past and then that leading them to I maybe it's because they just get more money for these shitty films but like Will Smith makes garbage movies now yeah what has he been in lately exactly <laughs> he's been in Suicide Squad which is arguably the worst movie on the face of the earth don't okay <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, honestly it's and I'm a huge like Batman Superman fan the worst movie I've ever seen. Uh, what else did he do? Since then, I think Focus. He's probably done, and that was pretty bad. They actually like held the release on that movie because it was him and Margot Robbie, who's also in Suicide Squad. Oh, no so they like held it back so that they could release it around the same time, so that people were like, "Oh, another movie with these two in it. Can't wait to watch it." Awful. Sure, you could list me off someone right there. Oh, so this is in chronological order. So, well, we we know all these movies are good, like Bad Boys. Well, so the, I Robot, fuck, great, good movie. dude. That used to be one of my favorite movies. Like, fuck, Seven Pounds is great. Like, Will Smith has a movie in my top five, Hancock, and that's like yeah, a. That is a good movie. But it's also a hot take. Like a lot of people don't think it's great, but that's like where I hold him to. And then he releases something like freaking what bad boys three is that bad boys for life absolute trash men in black three huh he hasn't really done oh concussion was good concussion i don't think i've ever watched the cte about the about support i liked yeah he was good in that so he had seven pounds pursuit of happiness and concussion i think all around the same time i want to say yeah pretty much yeah and it's like, so then those three movies, great. 
from what you say for about concussion sounds good it was good for what it was it was like a kind of just a drama like yeah it was good i thought so good movies but then you just get like awful like and maybe it's because they're getting paid more like i said like they're probably getting paid more from these studios because the studios are probably like hey we can put will smith in a movie by himself and it will sell and we don't have to pay some like exorbitant fee for another a-list actor or another b-list actor like will smith will carry this film for sure but it hurts because you look at careers like leo like leo to like Leonardo DiCaprio has gotten better essentially over time. Or his movies have gotten better over time. Yep. Like, you had him as, like, a teenager in, like, Romeo and Juliet. Titanic. Titanic. And then you, like, as he started getting older, you start getting these more and more, like, Catch Me If You Can. He's in Catch Me If You Can, right? Oh, yeah. It's him and Tom Hanks? It's him, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Catch Me If You Can. Like, you have him in uh, The Great Gatsby, which is a great film. He was great in Django. Dude, I'm like, <sighs> oh, Blood Diamond's one of my favorite movies. Oh, Gangs of New York. Was this South African? Yeah, Gangs of New York. Yeah. His South African accent in Blood Diamond is so funny. Like, yeah, so, so good. I actually lived with some South African guys, and we watched that movie together. How'd they like, feel? This is a joke. Like, yeah. <laughs> they just pissed off about it, yeah. Yeah, dude. That's whatever. what happens. Uh, but I liked it until... Well, I still like it, even though I heard that. Yeah, man, Leo is... It's, it's actually funny, because if somebody asked me who my favorite actor is, I, I wouldn't say it would be him. But, like, now I look at the movies that he's in, I love every one of the movies, man. Like, Shutter Island's great, Catch Me As You Can's great, The Revenant's great, Inception. I never watched Revenant, is it? The Revenant? Yeah. You haven't seen it? Let's I watch got, it, man. I know that's what he won his Oscar it's for? great. Oscar or Grammy. Whatever it was. Oh, yeah. That's what he won it for. Um, Oscar. Oscar. Okay. So he wanted for he wanted an Oscar for this man. Dude, the Departed. The dude, these are all great, man. So that's the thing. It's like he has such a solid catalog of movies. You could throw, you could throw any five Leo movies out there and compete with any five of anybody. Yeah. I mean, the man's not as uh, decorated as other actors, but at the same time, like, does he need to be? No. I don't. I'm just waiting for him to be in a Marvel movie, and then I'm just gonna, huh. I'm just gonna give it to him. Like, I feel like he would be a villain. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, he'd be a villain. But, like, he'd be one of those, like, compelling, you think he's right, but he's wrong. Like, one of the, like a Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. Yeah. If he played something along I the lines of that. he could do something like that, man. But that's, I have limited knowledge about this stuff. But I feel like he could do a, a, a role like that. But he's also young, too. Like, yeah. I feel like it's going to be something in his later years. Mm. Where it's like, but then again, like, who knows? I wouldn't be surprised if you see him in a movie in the next... I don't know seven years you see Leo in a Marvel movie or like a DC movie as some sort of villain mm. he'll never be the superhero did um, you like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I I did I enjoyed it mm. I my only criticism of that movie that holds any weight I think in my mind is that I it didn't really do like not much happened yeah. Like you didn't get any resolution to anything in the movie. I, I don't know. I can't. I, I wish Davin was here to yeah, comment on sure. this, but I, I think that's why I liked it, man. Like I was on a like, so granted, I was on a flight when I watched it, so I yeah. feel like anything half entertaining on a flight, so it's good. Might be considered better than it. anyways. Um, I think that's why I liked it, man. Like at the end of it, I was like, I guess that movie was about a dude who was struggling through his career, who had a stunt double, who was just a badass dude, like just a yeah. Other... So that's the thing I think about Tarantino movies is yeah. just like, dude, they're just stories. Like they're just yeah. a snippet of somebody's life, and I think that's what makes 
like I need to put that into perspective when watching his movies. Right. Because like you get you get Once Upon a Time and it's like not much happened in the movie or at least I don't think much happened in the movie and I could probably be wrong but not much happened like you didn't get any resolution to like Leo being this actor who who like felt like he's lost grips with his scene or his career or whatever like you didn't really get any resolution to that other than the fact that at the end he meets the director right yeah, he meets that other like star like, yeah which like for me if I mean, I'm not a fucking... I'm not even a real big filmie, but, like, if I was to write that movie, like, that would have been three quarters of the way into the movie as opposed to, the whole, like, the end of the movie, which is, like, it's fine that that's a cliffhanger, but unless they make a sequel, then you never really get payoff to, like, watching the story of Leo hit its arc and then whatever. Like, you, you hear about how good he was an actor before the beginning of the movie, and then you get a snippet of what his life is to come at the end of the movie so it's kind of like everything in between is just this mundane like however long of his life mm. that being said when it comes to like um why am i blanking on his name now no the director wow anyways so when it comes to his movies like with django and that and uh kill bill oh I think yeah, he did, yeah, yeah. When it comes to like his movies, he's very Oh Tarantino, is that Tarantino, it? sorry, oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So Tarantino. When it comes to Tarantino, like he knows how to get the the at at, at the least he gets the best out of his actors yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like they always tell you a a story with good acting and good moments and like you understand like oh this is why like Leo was in that movie and he's been in his movies prior because he's a great actor. Yeah. And like he uses that to his advantage when he's pulling on like different acting parts of leo like hey leo in this scene you're a actor whose future is undecided and it's dying and you can't keep up with people in the new age and it's different and you somehow have to quote cope so you're dealing with this female child actor who has her whole life ahead of her and you're sitting there trying to not like break down in front of a child and keep your pride here while talking to this child who has the rest of her life ahead of her that's why i like the ending so when yeah. you're saying that it, it could have ended three quarters of the way through i think that it could have but at the same time like i think that part of the movie showed how fragile he was and yeah, so it was like by the movie ending with him like it's actually dude I've, I've thought about it so he literally walks up this driveway and like he's walking up it and it's like this uphill thing and like who knows what's gonna happen yeah I, so again i'm on a 12-hour flight coming home from japan a couple months ago and i had some time to think about it and i the ending didn't sit well with me but then i thought about it and i was like wait it actually does it works for me because like i think there's a few things going on the first one is like he may have just literally opened the gate to somewhere else to go in his career and then it's like this uphill battle to get to those people to meet them he also screws over Brad Pitt, his buddy yeah, who's been yeah. there forever for him. Yeah. He literally just got stabbed for yeah. him. And he's like, all right, bud, like, you're good. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go do my Could own thing. Thanks for guys. being you. you Thanks know for I mean? almost dying for yeah. me. Yeah. Like, see, I'll, I guess I'll see you at the hospital later. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I liked that movie. And you're not a big Tarantino guy usually, are you? No, but I've, I've tried to. So this is the thing. Is I, I think Tarantino does really good in, like taking a snippet of 
like this is as compelling of a story as i can tell this is it all encompassed in one like anywhere from three three and a half how long is that movie i think it was like three and a half hours but three hours or whatever anywhere from that to like a movie that's way shorter in time but it he is always able to tell you like a story which a lot of other directors and and movies don't tell you and it's not very fluent all the way through like there's a lot of movies that i have hiccups with that are like oh the story kind of broke down here or this part didn't make sense to the grand scheme of the story but he's very good at hey this is the full story but like i said with that movie the only criticism that i have is like if if i was to write the movie like you get all that you got and maybe it starts a little bit later maybe it starts with you get like a good i don't know 20 minutes of hearing how terrible leo's life is and how hard it is for him to find job and jobs and whatever and then he gets onto set with the western where he has to be the bad guy because i think that was like super compelling where it's like hey uh al pacino telling him like hey they only put you on these movies because they want to show the new up-and-coming actor beating up the old actor like yeah whatever it was he so he has that moment and it's like oh shit like then he has no choice but to come to terms with it and be like well this is all i can get this is all i can get so he has to do it then he goes to italy and then that happens and everything so if it started from 20 minutes and you get the western scene then you get him going to italy then he comes home then this whole thing happens with the manson kids that what they're called (laughs) yeah so the whole thing happens with the manson kids and then he meets the director via that and he then turns into the opportunist who's like oh although this is a terrible situation i've just found an in with the people that i've been trying to find an in with for this whole time and then you get like i don't know 30 minutes of him like what happens right and then you get a payoff and it's like you, you stuck with Leo since his down times and he climbs up, he screws over his friend, he makes a terrible decision, he kind of screws over Brad Pitt and then Brad Pitt saves his life so you get that wrap up of a story where it's like, oh, Brad Pitt was always the better man in that situation, that's done. You get Leo, then meets the director, you see what he does in that situation, that's done. Even if it doesn't end up well, even if he ends up back in the dumps, you get a resolution of being like, hey, Leo, there's no questions about whether or not your career is ending or dead you've then made the decision you've had every opportunity you've had and somehow you still didn't make an end of it you know what's awesome about how it ended though it just made you think about all of that yeah yeah no that's true so the <laughs> that way is the, true. the way the movie ended it was ebbs and flows the entire time leo's on top leo's in the shitter leo goes to italy uh, sort of back on top leo comes home he's met these directors that could maybe put him on the right path and now he's here and then the movie ends so I know what you mean, how there might be like this level of like, well, what the fuck happened? Yeah. But we literally just had that whole conversation <laughs> about that movie ending that way. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Fuck, man. He's, <laughs> and that's the thing, is like, he's good. Like, he can do that. Like, yeah. Uh, so that's Tarantino. why I like the way it ended. Because I know what you mean. When it ended, I was like, well, what happened? And then I was like, ah, I'm comfortable with that because we literally just had a story of this Hollywood actor's career and he went like this. And now he's on the way up, and I'm like, nah, good for him. I yeah, hope, you know what I mean. Like, I hope, hope all the best. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Whereas no. if the movie ended with like him being like, yeah, I got all these jobs, you like, we wouldn't even be talking about it. Right yeah, now. no, for sure. You'd be like, hey, good ending, whatever. Yeah, to the side. Yeah, no, that's true. I get that. I get that. That's yeah. for sure. That's good. I did like that movie, but 
it was it was shocking to me like how graphic it got at the end like where yeah. he smokes that i don't know what drugs were in that cigarette but was it acid it was acid yeah dipped in acid cigarette dipped in acid Dude, i thought brad pitt was the coolest character Dude, in that movie. at that point where he's just like chilling like the guy like, breaks him and he's like hmm <laughs> but so that's the thing is like that's bashing that chick's head out yeah like, like over and over that's like the, <laughs> the, the stupid like, oh. instagram video yeah it's like i might have married a psychopath and it's the guy oh, yeah, be already just yeah, like yeah. um but that's not how it happened right i don't know like you mean the, like in manson shit in real life i, I think like, like that's all a true true ish story or based on a true story and then i think they actually do murder like margot robbie and the director i want to sure. say that that's you i could I be wrong i wasn't i don't they definitely did kill some people i don't know if that's yeah yeah i'll fact check it but i'm pretty sure that's what happened cool oh man thanks for coming on to the <laughs> episode that was fun man of course yeah. dude <laughs> That was good. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back. But now we've established you as a character awesome. in this universe. So now when I bring you back on, you don't have to explain that you're a lawyer. People just know you as Brady. Like all that, dude. All right. Yeah, uh, look, Brady's back. All right, thanks, man. Cool, man. Thanks for having me. Stoked. Of course. Later.